The views expressed on this show by guests and the host on issues outside of the 9-11 controlled demolition evidence are the opinions of those individuals alone and do not necessarily reflect those of architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth. Welcome to 9-11 Freefall. I'm the host, Andy Steele, and today we're joined again by Craig McKee. Actually, it's his first time here on video, so we're going to all get to see him. Uh, but Craig has been a journalist in Montreal for more than 30 years, covering news and entertainment. He's won eight provincial and national weekly newspaper awards. He's the writer at Truth and Shadows, and he's a writer for AE 9-11 Truth. He's got a new article that came out last week. It's called Hundreds of Articles Dismissing Conspiracy conspiracy theories read like they follow a single script that's it right there my printer doesn't uh, print color that's the black and white version um and it picks apart how the media attempts to stifle people like us who talk about science and common sense among other things so let's go ahead and add craig into the stream here craig welcome back to 9-11 freefall hi andy how's it going this is uh a little weird the whole video thing is something i'm not really used to yet but um you know well i had to get used to it well there you go and uh, i think it's an improvement i think it's cool to be able to see people I and think- it looks like you're from the dark side of the moon right now like you're yeah. one of my ca- cartoon images with the heavy <laughs> shadows going on the side of your face it's, uh, it's it's an all daylight situation that's you know that's, that's, is, that's huh? all my lighting is daylight right now so it's not very well as you said but- as you said before we started recording, you got the, the light side and the dark side. So it's like the truth and the shadows right there, literally. Yeah, right we, we all have both in us, you know. <laughs> I guess so. All right, so let's get into this article. It is a yeah. very long and comprehensive article, and it's only a part one. He's got a yeah. part two planned here. And uh, again, it's called Hundreds of Articles Dismissing Conspiracy Theories Read Like They Follow a Single Script. And anybody who follows this at any length, and we have to because uh, we work here, anybody who follows this at any length will see that they pretty much do follow the same script. I don't know who's writing it. I don't know who's sticking it in their hands. But uh, there's things that I notice, some commonality between these hit pieces, these attacks on people who simply want a new investigation into the biggest mass murder in our country's history, U.S. history. Uh, And uh, you are pointing it out in this article. So let's just get started with this question. Why did you choose to write about this subject? Um, Well, it's something that I've... uh you know, I mean, I think I think everybody in the truth movement and everybody who follows uh, AE911 Truth knows that the media has been hostile to us and that it's hostile to kind of any anybody who challenges any any official narrative. So that part isn't really a surprise to anyone. But what what struck me and strikes me as I look at so many articles that have been written. Uh, attacking us um, is that they really sound like they've all been they sound like they're part of a like an operation it it seems like they all come from a common template and 
the style of the style of the writing, the the kind of extreme. I mean, you know, journalists, um, you know, left to their own devices on things that aren't that don't fit into this this category. You know, will tend to say that things. You know, they'll refer to something and they'll say some so and so asserts this or you know this theory which has been suggested or something they'll use these kind of because they are not the ones in news stories anyway that are supposed to be saying that things are wrong or things are right you just don't see that except where so-called conspiracy theories are concerned uh you know journalists are quite comfortable just stating in a headline that a theory is wrong you know that the, so-and-so is putting forward a completely debunked theory would be a typical thing you'd see in a headline uh and so i just saw that the, the commonalities in so many of these articles and i'm not just talking about ones you'll see in you know the new york times and the washington post and newsweek but just even smaller publications and even even on the websites of organizations that aren't even really journalistic they'll still have articles about conspiracy theories and they all sound alike and it just it just seemed to me that there were so many um characteristics of these articles that were common that it's it's it just seemed to be it seemed to me that it was time to you know to come up with a list really of of some of these uh propaganda tactics and to show people how they keep appearing in all these articles i mean i you know i'm asserting that this is this is some kind of a government operation i can't obviously prove that but i think um it's clear that it's propaganda and it's it's clear that there's there's coordination going on um you just don't see an article written about conspiracy theories without something being said in there about the fact that these theories are false um and you know it doesn't matter whether they're false or or not false uh, they're called false and um and i so i i came up with a list of 18 uh you know tactics propaganda tactics that i see recurring in article after article now you could you could make a list of 25 you could make a list of you know you could you know there's it's not a hard and fast thing that there's only 18 but i i thought okay this is a reasonable number there are some that are that are kind of obvious that go without saying that are not on the list like just the, an extreme bias against you know anyone who who questions any official narrative so that's 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 too obvious to be its own point but i came up with 18 anyway and uh i can give examples um i will in in the second part of my uh of my article you know of just things that appear in so many of these pieces um and i'll just give you i mean i'd like to actually you know find a way to list them all during our, our talk but i you know i have one one that i'd like to mention in particular did you you look like you were gonna ask me well no i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you specifically about some of these too but if oh, you want to okay. mention well, then, yeah, a particular one i'm just gonna say that you know i was blissfully unaware of the world i can blame some of that on being young i was just in high school and then i was in college when 9 11 happened uh but as i constantly say on the show it went into hyperdrive after 9 11 to the point where it caught my attention one of the most blatant examples i ever saw this was early on while i was still 
playing around with 9-11 Truth or, you know, wasn't fully committed yet, but there was some 9-11 Truth leader was going on a show on Fox Radio. And before the guy came on the program, right, and I'm assuming that he can't hear the host, the host prefaces the entire interview by saying, now you're going to hear me ask him serious questions, but don't think that I'm taking this seriously now. I want you, like, what kind of interview is that? What if I did that with people? Right. Like, I'm going to be bringing Craig on now, but don't think that I'm, you know, I'm going to ask him right. some questions. And then the 9-11 Truth person comes on blissfully unaware and knowing that yeah. he was trashed in the first few minutes before he came on. Uh, that the guy just completely undercut the entire interview. What kind of media is this? What kind of journalism yeah. is this? We, I mean, we take it for granted now, or we've become used to it, I should say, that it's like, of course, they're doing their thing. But at the time, it was shocking, or it should have been to people. Yeah. Um, so that's just one example that I observed. But uh, please go on. Tell us, uh, tell us what you were going to tell us You know, from your well, list that you were going to cite. You know, but no, it's your example is an interesting one because – Th what's yeah this is what's revealing about it is that this is not what journalists normally do when they're given a, a regular story something that you know that doesn't i guess rise to the level of threatening the status quo or threatening the establishment if it's you know if it's a a more limited topic or something that isn't threatening you know journalists won't talk like that i mean you could have somebody you wouldn't have had when when Richard Nixon was right at the height, you know, embattled over Watergate and on the verge of resignation. Journalists would not do what you just described. No journalist would come on and say, "Look, I'm going to interview Richard Nixon. I'm going to be polite to him, but really, we all know he's a crook." And you know, so you know, you would you wouldn't have that. They they would they would at least not that they would try to you know not the objectivity thing. Obviously, nobody's objective, but they would at least have a certain level of professionalism about how they would, you would hope anyway. Um, mind you, there was just as much, you know, disinformation and stuff going on back then as there is now. Um, although that's hard, it's hard to top now, but it's just, this is just not the way journalists normally operate. So that's why it sticks out so, uh, you know, profoundly when they, when they do this. Uh, it's it's and this is I think you know we have to we have to consider the possibility here too that some of these people may just really have very low uh, professional standards and so maybe they're not they may not necessarily be directed by someone above telling them what to say you know in the case you described it might be somebody that just doesn't want to sound like they're too open-minded to to conspiracy theories so or 9-11 so they you know so they uh they want to set it up so they don't embarrass they don't look you know bad themselves that they don't embarrass themselves so you know it's you can't really it's hard to separate who's just has no ethics and no professional standards from somebody who's actually uh you know working as a government plant kind of thing. It's it's hard to really know who exactly fits into which category. Well, here's the thing, though. I mean, there's a lot of things people believe out there that are, are wacky and, you know, um, <clears throat> have no evidence and, and things like that. And, I mean, the, the, the world's full of them. But, 
you know, you, you exercise that editorial control by not talking about it or bringing them on. In the case of 9-11 Truth, this took fire over the internet. Um, and, you know, the, if the media really didn't believe that there was anything to it, they could have just not talked about it. You know, which is not good in itself. I'm not advocating that they don't talk about it, so don't misunderstand me out there. What I'm right. saying is, is they made a deliberate attempt to try to discredit anyone talking about this. So it showed that there was a fear there, that there that there was something worth reporting on, but they didn't report on it. They were uh, doing the propaganda spin and attacking the people that were, were talking about this. And, of course, they would always feature the kookiest people out there, you know, out in the street and things like that. And they didn't really want to draw a lot of attention to the scientists and such. It's just, uh, you know, I remember Stephen Jones went on Tucker Carlson's show back in the day. And this was documented in some documentary. It might've been, might've been pressed for truth, but don't quote me on that. Uh, how they had asked, you know, do you have any clips that you want to show? And he said, just show the bill, the video of building seven going down. And then for some reason they didn't play the video. They acted like, uh, well, I guess it's not working yeah. or something like that. Now, is there a chance there was some technical glitch and the video really wasn't working? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, there's always a chance, but what's mm -hmm. the more likely thing considering the environment and the, everything that you've seen with relation to this issue over the years. And, you know, and then of course the hit pieces, I remember the history channel documentary that was big. Because uh, I knew somebody that was uh, interviewed for it. It was a street activist lady. Um, but, you know, where they would, and I've said this before, they would put the camera really close to people's faces who were on our side, you know, make them look all sweaty and nervous. And then they showed right. the mechanics guy all sitting all chill there, like, you know, firing yeah. out hip propaganda. So there definitely is a, a concerted effort to uh, go after anybody in this movement. I mean, I've had people misquote me. Ross Story misquoted me on purpose, even though I corrected them, um, you know, later on. And they just don't care. They don't care. So this idea that we have real journalism or what they teach the kids when they're saying, I want to grow up to be a reporter someday. Okay, but you have to be fair and honest and factual and all of this. And that sounds great when it's just a school paper and you're talking about, you know, what's for lunch next week. But when it comes to real world issues and you get out into the real world, it's not journalism, it's acting. It's acting. Yeah. I'm not saying that the the people that you see on television, um, Anderson Cooper and all that, they're not that they're not really who they are. Uh, <laughs> they don't really have those names. I'm not saying that, but yeah. what I'm saying is like what you're basically doing is you're a pitch man. You are a spokesman for a really long 24 hour commercial for an agenda, and you have to spin yeah. it in a certain way. And I was actually told when I uh, I was briefly majored in communications in college. And in the first couple of classes, I had a really good professor. He was a nice guy, but he said, look, this is the way things are going right now. This is pre 9-11 too. This is what you're going to have to do. It's not like what they tell you growing up. You're going to have to put spin on things. So I've talked enough. Uh, Craig, you know, when was the first time that you noticed this with relation to the 9-11 issue and the media? That's a that's a really hard question, actually. I'm not sure I can. I don't know if I know. Um, I would say I would say that, you know, from the from the very beginnings of my uh, kind of opening up to the lie of the official story, which I, I trace back to around 2007, because that was when a, a, 
a buddy of mine at at the job I was working at um, told me he he made a you know he told me that uh, you know that the towers were were blown up and I can remember my my reaction to that was kind of like you know well we don't know that you know maybe but like like I knew so much back then um, but then he showed me a video of building seven and and that was like see i mean that's journalism is my background right so i i got into journalism because i wanted to expose things that i thought needed to be exposed things that would benefit people to have them exposed uh i was not into it to make a lot of money um in fact i can remember one time the the paper i was working at uh we had a student a young student as an intern and so we took her out to lunch and and said you know so you know what do you, why journalism what made you interested in journalism and she with without even hesitating she said i want to make a lot of money i want to be an anchor i want to be an anchor woman like connie chung and i want to make a lot of money and she wasn't even like partly joking she was dead serious so i thought okay this is not why i got into it um and most people don't make a lot of money it's for very few that, that do that but um this is why I got into it. So when I saw Building Seven in that video come down, I guess I guess you could say my journalistic instincts um, just kind of like kicked in a little bit, and I said, "Okay, something's wrong here. The story we're we're being told that doesn't match what I'm just looking at in this video." And that just got me started. And then I started. I got a couple of David Ray Griffin's books and whatever. I uh, and got going basically. So. Um, in terms of articles, I mean, I knew from the beginning that there was hostility, but I mean, it's more recent, I guess, that I could say that I really, in the last few years, that I really said, could see that these articles were all, they were too similar not for there not to be coordination. Um, it's just, I mean, journalists just don't write this way on their own. Um, and, you know, that doesn't mean that, like... It, it doesn't mean that every journalist, as I said before, is, is in on it. It could be an editor who is uh, working both for the publication and for the CIA, um, who is, you know, guiding things along. Uh, so that sometimes the writer just does what he or she thinks you know what it, the editor wants. To interrupt you, yeah. Not to interrupt you, but you know, what it could be too. Is that? You know, people tend to be lazy. <laughs> I mean, and you know, when you're writing articles every single day, not everything is going to be your uh, your your thing that you're submitting for the Pulitzer Prize, right? So you get told to write a hit piece on on people like us, and so there may be journalists that are referencing old articles to see what that person did, and then sort of copying it. Like I notice with a lot of articles when they're talking about us. Many times they'll start off with an opening paragraph rehashing the official story. You know, yeah. 19 hijackers took, hijacked the planes. They crashed into the World Trade Centers and they collapsed because of uh, fire and, you know, all the stuff. And it's like it's just a regurgitation in the first paragraph to establish this is the fact. Now, we're going to be talking about this other guy who thinks something different, but this is what happened. And don't you forget get it and they may be just copying each other too because that um i would imagine that does happen especially if you don't know how to properly put this in the context that you want it before uh, submitting it to your editor please continue uh, i yeah um certainly that kind of thing goes on in journalism i um i'm a little skeptical that that can be chalked up as as any significant 
contributing factor here, though, just because these articles are so uh, carefully crafted um, to be similar. It's not just somebody just it, it, it doesn't it doesn't feel like copying. It feels like each article is very carefully crafted and frankly wouldn't be it wouldn't be easier to write on this topic. And I'm thinking and I'm talking about the conspiracy theory topic broadly. It wouldn't really be easier to write on that than it would be to write on a lot of other things. So if you're if you're if you're lazy, I'm not sure this is this is a topic that you would write on because unless you want to do a real half-assed job. But a lot of the ones that we're talking about, uh, a lot of work has gone into them. You can tell um, just the fact that they co they cover so many of these uh, propaganda tactics um, means that they they have to be uh, aware of them, but they also have to try to give them a, their own little slant. Like one, one of the 18 uh, points that I list is that often articles, the ones these days, more than the ones say 10 or 15 years ago, will start off with some kind of horror story about what has the damage that has been done by believing in one conspiracy theory or another conspiracy theory. Um, and there's one I, I I'm not can't remember the publication off the top of my head now because I've looked at so many, but <clears throat> it's it's talking about a the, the daughter of, of a man who's now retired and he everything was going along beautifully and then suddenly he started getting into conspiracy theories and you know you'd think that the man had gone stark raving mad instead of just becoming informed about you know things that are maybe not uh provided to us by the, the mainstream media so they're talking about him like like he's joined a cult or something um so there's always a horror story or frequently um you know that they start with and sometimes it'll be uh, about one person and how they've kind of gone off the rails or it might be some other example of some situation that happened where people got the wrong idea and it caused all this harm but you know what they don't seem to uh, to understand is you know it's not really conspiracy theorists that sometimes get the wrong idea it's human beings that get the wrong idea sometimes where you know we all get the wrong idea about one thing or another at one time or other, um, but they they you know they want to chalk it all up to conspiracy theor theorizing, so that it's just it's just a way to to brand people so that you don't listen to them. Um, so anyway, that's that's kind of how they start. But um, uh, yeah, so well, there are things that are called conspiracy theories now that have nothing to do with the conspiracy. I watch <laughs> videos sometimes where they're yeah. talking about some entertainment issue. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, some actor got arrested or something and someone will say, you know, and, and if they're trying to infer that maybe he's lying about something, you know, and maybe a minority of people believe that they'll say, you know, and not to sound like a conspiracy theorist. Well, there's no conspiracy there. It's just the guy lying, you know, yeah. so it's like become this this term that's just kind of thrown out there for anything that is uh, in a minority view. Now, I don't think we are in the minority view anymore, at least. I mean, it depends on what degree you look at it. I think a lot of people now, uh, just given the last 20 years, have sort of woken up to the fact that the media is completely uh, just a joke now, which is an absolute joke. I mean, I don't, I don't even have cable anymore because, I mean, I don't even, you know, yeah. if something happens in the world, I can watch it somewhere else or find out about it. But I mean, it's just a waste of money. There's yeah. nothing good on TV anymore anyway. 
Um, and the and media, bad for your mental health too, I think. Oh, it's terrible because first of all, you know, I mean, it's you need to be informed on what's going on in the world, but you don't need to be immersed in it twenty four seven. And the way that they're dividing everybody now with the politics and all of this, um, it's turning everybody into these fanatics over yeah. this stuff to the point where you can't even have a civil conversation with with someone who uh, thinks differently about the politics than you do. And they're blatantly um, lying like so much of the time that if yeah. you if you watch mainstream media, you're going to and you don't get your you don't have other sources, then what you believe is probably a bunch of lies. Probably well, that's on, the other, on that's, big issues, you know? Well that's the other thing too is that most people, you know, you pick your you pick your team, like a, a character says in my my book you know, you, the, the the people at home pick a pick the team and root for them, um, and that's basically like so they just watch that one source of information. Now, look, yeah. you know, I I have opinions. You have opinions about other things. It's impossible to live in this world and not have opinions, um, you know. But actually, I like to watch the people on the other side of my opinions to see yeah. what they're saying because you can actually gleam a lot from what they're saying or what they're yeah. spinning and all of this. So it's actually interesting to see the other side and watch the other network, but a which lot is of the point of, which is the point of my article. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I would, you know, look, I, I would, I would watch um, Bill O'Reilly back when he was trashing nine 11 truthers. I remember there yeah. was one night and this had to do with the ground zero mosque. Um, and what year was yeah. this? This might've been like 2010 or 11 or something. I actually wrote an article about it that made the rounds on different alternative media. I wasn't with AE at the time. Um, but where they're talking about this, this maybe an imam or whatever it's called, this guy who was opening yeah. this ground zero mosque and that he was friends with somebody that, you know, thought the U S was complicit in the attacks. And the way they're talking about it is that this connection is like equated to terrorism. Yeah. And to the point where my mom called me out at the time and she was like, this is scaring me the way they're talking. I mean, it was almost like they were, you know, the way that O'Reilly and his guests were talking was almost like, uh, you know, they're ready to go out and start rounding people up or something. I mean, just like almost like <laughs> we're terrorists. And this gets to my next question, because you're right. Where conspiracy theorists were simply or once simply denounced and dismissed with condescending mockery. They're now being called dangerous. Talk about that. Yeah, that's that's um, I mean, that that's another clue that what we're talking about is is not just happening randomly. It's not just a somebody thinks, hey, let's write about conspiracy theories this week. Um, there are two, the, the articles are too consistent and um, and too long. You know, they've been going on for too long, but the, there has been an evolution over time. Like if you look at the. Um, at the the articles that would fit this description from uh you know the the first decade after 9-11 you'll see a lot of a lot of the ones like you mentioned this earlier you'll see a lot of articles that actually talk about evidence they'll address in a very superficial and and usually dishonest way of course they'll make reference to to evidence because they're trying to they're trying to you know poo poo what 9-11 truthers have to say about controlled demolition and that sort of thing um, now, of course, if 9-11 gets, gets mentioned today, it almost never, there's almost never any reference to evidence that they now talk about it as if that's, that's been debunked. That's, we don't need to talk about well, that anymore. Their we don't side need to is debunked. 
They keep, that? They, they, their site has been debunked. That's the problem for That's them. The There's more stuff <laughs> coming out all the time that they can't yeah. stand by. And so now they just kind of, uh, you know, stick their nose up in the air and just don't mm. look at you, metaphorically mm. speaking, of course. They're just, you know, not looking at the American public and just waiting for us to walk away. Um, and now they have to go with this dangerous meme. I'm sorry, please continue. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that's the, the the irony of this whole broad subject is that everything really is completely upside down. The people who are claiming that everything's been debunked, it's their side that's been debunked. The ones that are that are, um, I mean, just just about everything is backwards. Um, you know, I just that that just you can't state that strongly enough. But to to address your your question. Um, this has been a trend. Um, I don't know exactly when it started to really become uh, frequent that these articles talked about conspiracy conspiracy theories as being dangerous. Uh, certainly, it it goes back a decade anyway, and I'm sure it was mentioned before that. But but now now it's it's it's. Actually, any anything that dissent, any dissent, anything that goes against any kind of official narrative, 9/11 being uh, right at the top of the list, uh, is is now talked about as being dangerous. And in this uh, it, this environment of 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 censorship that we've seen, I mean, censorship is, I mean, it was it's all it's been bad for a long time, but it's reaching levels that are that are crazy, and the, you know the, the uh, I should mention the, um, the the Biden administration tried to tried to bring in the, the disinformation governance board, and uh, and and it, it apparently it's been shelled um, or paused they, is the word they used, I, I, whatever that means. Um, but all I can conclude from that is that that things are so bad with censorship, but they went even a little bit too far. You know, people weren't quite ready for the government to start making official pronouncements on this is true and this is false, even though that's, you know, that's what's being done every day on YouTube and, and elsewhere. Um, well, and let me just say this too, yeah. because, you know, you're talking about censorship and you know, let's make let's make clear what freedom of speech is out there to the people. I mean, you know, I have nine eleven free fall here. This is a press of of, of a kind, right? And so, yeah. um, you know, we talk about the evidence of controlled demolition, and that's basically what we talk about here. That is our thing. That's what we choose to focus on. If somebody's got a news service that just focuses on the news out of Africa, and you come to them and say, "Oh, but I want to talk about this thing that's happening in Asia." You know, and they don't want to do it. That's their right. That's their press. So, I mean, if the major networks want to just blast out propaganda at people, I mean, they, they legally have a right to do that. Now, the, the consequences are is that nobody's watching them anymore um, because, right. you know, and they're a joke. And so the alternative media was actually winning. But, but you know, everybody has access to be able to get their word out. And so if you don't like, uh, you know, that somebody's not covering something in their press, you have the right to go out and make your own press, which is what we do here and so many others do out in the world. But now you go on there and like Google and, you know, a lot of these search engines, uh, stuff is being taken out of the algorithm. You're not even allowed yeah. to see it. And I want you to talk about the state of the internet. Um, I remember in 2012, there was a lot of people warning 
that uh, the internet was going to be neutered, that it was just going to be like a glorified cable box in the end, and you'd only have like these certain channels and certain stuff wouldn't be on there. And I remember at the time thinking, you know, God, I type in 9-11 Truth on YouTube and look at all the stuff that comes up. Here it is. How are yeah. they going to get all this under control? I mean, I wasn't being a, you know, a jerk dismissing it. I just had a hard time conceiving of that. But God, here we are 10 years later. <laughs> and, you know, I try to search for a particular video or, or something, I got to go to uh, another search engine that I use. Yeah. It's not very well known to be able to even have a chance of finding it. They are memory holding everything. And that is not yep. free speech right there. It was when you have uh, all of the avenues, when you close off the town square to everybody else, that is, that is really where the problem lies. But anyway, uh, I want yeah. your comments on the, on the state of censorship on the internet. Well, it's um, you're right about the algorithm. I mean, that that's what I, I first noticed that with my own website, which was actually as we've talked on, on a, a did in a previous interview I did with you, um, my website was completely deleted by WordPress. Um, although I kind of I'd seen that happen to some other uh, sites, so I had a, had had a little bit of an idea that might happen. Um, but before that happened, Google had changed its algorithm that had, and they had killed like n more than ninety percent of my of my traffic. Um, I used to get people who, did, you know, who would do a Google search for, you know, nine eleven twin towers or nine eleven Pentagon or whatever, and they would end up at my site. Now, really, the only way anybody would end up at my site is if they, you know, they knew to go there, really, mm -hmm. because they they just they just made it um you know art articles that i had that were that might come up on the first page of google for a particular search um you you now have to go i don't know how many pages back 15 pages so who's going to do that so it's been it's been very effective and the other thing too is that as soon as i heard honestly the first time i heard the the term fake news I started to get suspicious. I have to say that I, I this immediately struck me when I first started hearing them talk about fake news. Because I remember they've always, whenever they want to censor the internet, they always make up some BS reason for the for having to do it or for them thinking they have to do it. Um, and I can remember there was, and I don't remember the proper na name of it, but there was a piece of legislation. I think it was something like the Child Protection Act or something, and it was designed to to uh, protect children from online predators but it was just a it just a an excuse to censor um so they just they they'll find something that you know we all agree on everybody wants to protect children but so they'll call it that it's like having a, a missile called the peacekeeper you know it's the same kind of idea um so you know the problem i think that we're having now uh, is and, and this is—you can see this is a strategy. You can see this is this is why I think that these articles are part of a strategy. T is to elevate the idea of misinformation to the point where, you know, it used to be, you know, the Soviet Union was the biggest scary thing. Then it was the Muslim extremists, and now apparently it's back to Russia again. So there was, there's always something. Um, you know that they want us focusing on but then now now misinformation is supposedly something that is 
a, a threat to our a threat to democracy and even a threat to to human health so they've that's you know that's where they thought they could get away with this di misinformation disinformation governance board but you know people are um you know they're not that uh they're not that easily well, duped they act like the whole country and i guess by extension of the world is this big nursery that has to be constantly maintained look you mentioned richard nixon yeah. earlier right a lot yeah. of people had a lot of justified anger towards richard nixon back then but if an if a person went up to him during the midst of watergate and punched him in the stomach secret service would have swarmed all over him the person would have been arrested and uh would have been had some major trouble in his life and rightly so because you know yeah. even though you have all this information going out showing the guy's a crook um, you know, you still you still have to follow the law. You still have to let the process work, and people understand that. So they just you know reported the information and hoped that nobody would uh, lose their mind over it. And that was just kind of the standard. Everybody is responsible for themselves. So if somebody goes on some website that's putting out a bunch of bunk, you know, and that's what they follow, as long as they are not uh, you know doing anything illegal as a result of it, then who cares? You know, who cares? You're you're allowed to believe things even if it's wrong. But yeah. even but if you still believe, look, if you but if you really believe this is like a big threat to the public uh, discourse and stuff, then go out and put out correct information. <laughs> For instance, if you really believe that we're wrong about 9/11, then address some of this stuff. You know, address how the top part of a building can crush the lower part without slowing down. There's so many inaccuracies in the NIST report. Simply give us what we want. Do a new rerun the analysis, new investigation. Yeah. And actually defend it. Don't just stick your nose up in the air and pretend that this stuff doesn't exist. So they're handling this completely wrong. They treat the people like they're that were some in some big kindergarten. And you know, I I, I blame how we're conditioned in school. Now I'm not I don't have any solutions. I don't have a way to reform the educational system or anything like that. But you go through school and they tell you to write an essay. And let's say we're talking about uh, Eli Whitney and the cotton gin. And, uh, you know, make sure you mention Eli Whitney in one paragraph. Make sure you mention the cotton gin in another paragraph. Make sure you mention something or another in, in this one. And then, you know, you have your beginning and conclusion. And they tell you specifically to write this out. Now, when you read a magazine or a newspaper article, it is like the same thing. It's like you're reading a kid's book report or report in mm. school now. Um, there's no soul to it. There's no heart yeah. to it anymore. It's just a right. bunch of, I'm going to say it, garbage, a lot of it. And it's well, basically, you can tell somebody, like, this went through five different people that approved it before it uh, goes out. And I'm not talking about fact-checking and all this stuff. I'm talking about tone and uh, and those kinds of things. Please continue. Well, I would just say that when you say that, you know, they're doing it wrong and that, and that uh, I, I would say that... <laughs> You know, for their purpose, they're doing it right. Their their purpose is to deceive. Their purpose is to disseminate propaganda to to get us to believe the opposite of what is true. So what they're doing actually is is very efficient. Um, and you know, they're not going to change that on their own. Um, all we can do is is fight. Uh, you know, fight lies with truth, I guess. Um, and it's, it's actually, um, you know, the, this whole, the, dis, the, the disinformation governance board thing, it, what a really rare thing, uh, 
Senator Ryan, Rand Paul was questioning the head of Homeland Security um, about this board, this before they had killed it. And it was interesting to see him kind of do what journalists should be doing, but, are, but never do anymore. Um, he was the one holding the, the secretary's feet to the fire. Uh, no journalists that I've seen have, have done so. Uh, in fact, they've all been cheerleaders for more censorship, more whatever, you know? So, so Rand Paul said, you know, do, do, you, do you realize that, uh, and I'm not endorsing Rand Paul or anything, you know, I'm just talking about this one situation, but he's saying, you know, the one entity that, that disseminates more disinformation than any other in the world is the U.S. government. So, so how can we let the U.S. government be the arbiter of what is true and what is not true? Let people decide this for for themselves. Let people debate the facts. He, he, you know, and he gave examples of things that we can't even agree on now, even even though we the facts are out on them. We still can't. The government's still not willing to admit that certain things they've been saying are false. So, um, you know, it's it's just. It's it's the people it's the people who are telling us that oh there's this great danger from disinformation, they're the ones that are doing more lying than anybody else. Um, but but those you know establishment sources, you'll never see them taken off Twitter. You know you'll never see their YouTube channels deleted. Um, so it's it's this is why I say everything is upside down. It's 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 not just that the you know it, back in you know the time of Vietnam. You know, there was there was propaganda. The government was lying about whether, you know, the U.S. was doing well in the war. They were claiming they were winning. In fact, they knew full well they weren't. Um, but it was that the propaganda, it wasn't as all pervasive and all encompassing as it seems to be today. I mean, today, you really if you want to you know, turn on a, you know, mainstream cable channel or newscast or pick up a big daily newspaper and on the really contentious issues um you, you know you're going to be misled um it's um you know that's that's what we're up against and um maybe you know maybe things get so crazy that it wakes people up and and more people start to to see it this is what i'm hoping um, I mean, just the fact that this this governance board thing got taken taken down uh, is maybe an indication that you know, hey, people are starting to notice that you know, even people that are not really into challenging the status quo very much, they're starting to notice, like, whoa, this is going this is going too far. So that's what I hope, anyway. Yeah, that's a victory for the internet because apparently a lot of people. We're, we're raging over this. I don't mean raging like breaking windows or anything, yeah. but they were putting out a lot of videos criticizing it. Yeah. And they're trying to turn the woman that they were, that they were going to put in charge of this. I can't remember her name now, but uh, oh. you're going to put, but they were trying to paint her as a sympathetic figure who's being attacked <laughs> yeah. by all these people. Yeah. But look, you know, you, you put your face out there in the, in a public uh, sector, you know, oh. that kind of comes with the territory here. I believe yeah. she would have been well compensated. But they also tried to make this claim, I believe, that uh, you know it wouldn't have any power. It wouldn't be censoring. Well, 
to play devil's advocate, then why are you doing this? Well, what, what's well, the point of this then? You're just cre- spending more money, you know? So either either you do the evil thing or you don't exist at all. I mean, this is how, how my yeah. brain works. And so, of course, they're going to be trying to figure out ways to censor it to me. I mean, that just makes sense. Well, I, I, I mean, I quote, I quote, um, is Alejandro Mayorkas? Did I get his name right? Um, I hope so. Secretary of Homeland Security. Um, I quote him from uh, in the article uh, where he, he gives some some clue about what this what this is going to be, what this would have been about. And obviously, they're still going to try to do whatever they were going to do. They'll just try. They'll find some other way to do it. But he was saying that they would be in touch with local communities to show to give them uh, ways that they can uh, isolate individuals who are, who may be descending into violence, and what it would make somebody descend into violence, according to uh, this gentleman, um, it, either that you know hate sort of hate ideology, or and um, I forget the third one, but the second one was false narratives. So anybody who doesn't believe the official narrative of something is, is by definition, according to, according to the, uh, the government, believing something, believing a false narrative. And so it's, it's literally saying that, that local communities are going to have to u- use law enforcement to approach people who are believing false narratives because they may descend into violence. This is this is liter- literally a thought crime. This is this is saying that if you don't believe what you're told to believe that you are a criminal and you should be watched. I mean, how much more 1984 do you want to get than that? It's 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 stunning. It's stunning that he would say that because that's such a tip off. Um, you know about how outrageous it 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 was what they were they were going to try to do. So well, you're going to sick the local the local mayor soccer moms on you. The same <laughs> people that were upset about some political sign on your lawn, you know, and they'll yeah yeah twist the arm of the the local sheriff. You know, I can't even believe that police would want to be part of this. I don't I don't believe overall. Of course, there's exceptions to every rule. I just have a hard time believing that. Local police want to waste time uh, bothering somebody who doesn't believe the official story on 9-11 just for that reason. Um, I, I would hope that if this had gone forward, that there would have been pushback on the police level. Maybe there wouldn't have been, though. I don't know. Maybe it's uh, yeah. worse than I think. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I there, there may have been some. Um, but there are a lot of people out there that are just very anxious to... Do what they're told. And before I go off the handle thing, well, before I go off the handle and use words like go after, I mean, do you know what they mean by isolate? Like, what do you mean isolate? Like, I can't um, go buy my soda at the gas station? Let me, okay, (laughs) maybe maybe the best thing for me to do would be to read the quote. Um, Okay. We'll see see how quickly I can locate it. I've got my article right in front of me here. Um, Hold on here. It's up near the beginning. Um, because I mean, you, you know, you, you can, we can draw our own conclusions about what he meant by this. Um, 
And uh, hold on, it's coming up here. I'm going through my papers too. Here's yeah, you might, you might find it more quickly than I will find it. Um, cause, cause, well, I don't know. I'm going through it, but you know, while we're going through this, I mean, yeah. look, it, it, when, whenever things are this vague, too, like, I mean, you know, what do you mean by isolate people? And is this really your job as law enforcement? Yeah. And when there's plenty of problems in this world that law enforcement has to deal with on a daily basis. You got drunk drivers. Yeah. You got guys beating their wives out there. Um, I may have mis I may have misspoken when I used the word isolate. That was just kind of off the top of my head. So I don't want to. You know, I don't want to put too much much emphasis okay. on a word that perhaps he didn't even use. Um, well, we'll get some uh, clarity on yeah. that. But again, it is not the government's job to no. get involved in information out there. I mean, they can put out; they have every right to put out their side of things. Yeah, uh, everybody has a right to defend themselves and. And uh, tell their, you know, tell their story and everything, and that's what government can do. It's basically has no more rights than a, a regular person, or at least theoretically, philosophically, it shouldn't. So why does this something like this even need to exist? Obviously, if something on the internet is exploitative, uh, if it's something involving, um, you know, crimes against people, but you know, this is the thing. This is why it's so hypocritical. There is a, there was a video out on Facebook. And uh, it's a guy, this is called a quote prank, who's just walking up to people and just doing, you know, mean stuff to them. Uh, in one instance, there's somebody sitting at a table with either his girlfriend, looks like he's out on a date, and this prankster person goes up and pulls the chair out from under him and then runs. And it's like, you know, it's, there's nothing funny about that. There's nothing clever about any of this. It's just being mean to people out on the street. And so what I did, and you can say whatever you want about me, I did this as an experiment. I reported it to Facebook just to see what would happen. And mm -hmm. happened, of course, so the, 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 the poster didn't uh, have any issues as a result of it because they don't care about that kind of stuff. You know, yeah. if somebody pulled the chair out from under some, you know, someone I knew, um, you know, I'd be very upset about it, especially if they got hurt. You can hurt people doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they don't care. But, you know, man, you go up there and you talk about 9-11 or any topic that they don't like. And so, you know, they'll, they'll pull it. And so it's it's a selective enforcement, stuff that actually could be considered dangerous and harmful yeah. to others gets a pass. But stuff that just, you know, gives information that they don't like, you know, that gets the ax. And that is the yeah. problem. It's a it's a it's a imbalanced standard when it comes to this stuff. Now, yeah, this is. Uh, I wanted to make sure I we found the quote. Okay. By the way, okay, tell me the quote. Okay, um, so he says um, uh, that the new entity has been created to open quotes more effectively combat this threat. Uh, this is the disinformation threat. Uh, not only to election security, but to our homeland security. Uh, and here's the key part. He says, we have so many efforts underway to equip local communities with ways to identify individuals who may well be descending into violence by reasons of ideologies of hate, false narratives, or other disinformation 
and misinformation propagated on social media and other platforms. So the federal government is going to is going to help local communities to identify people who, among other things, believe false narratives. So these are these are this is our lo our local municipal government should really be checking in to find out whether you believe a a false narrative about something because you know you're you're probably going to descend into violence as a result this is this well, is thought the, crime is not a thing thought crime is not a thing first of all the first amendment of the constitution the very first one says that you have the freedom of speech obviously there's certain limits fire in a crowded theater and all of that but you know people are allowed to believe whatever they want even if it's wrong again you know there's a lot of crazy stuff out there i do not believe but it's the person right. being uh actually violent is you know and it, it doesn't even matter if it's as a result of it i mean if somebody goes and mails a dead bird to the governor or something there's already a process in place to try to figure out uh, you know, give this guy a, a mental health check and figure out if he's actually some kind of threat, not even based off of, you know, what he believes. There's a lot of people who uh, do violent things based off of things that have nothing to do with politics, just crazy yeah. beliefs, you know, that the that the uh, that the owls are watching them or something, you know. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't right. really have to do. I mean, delusion is delusion, no matter how you try to justify it. There are people that uh, do violent things based off of things that they just see in mainstream news. Right. You know, they, they think the president is a threat to the world because uh, somebody on TV was saying it, you know, his policies or whatever, yeah. and they go out and do the violent thing, and that's right off of mainstream news. So nobody gets the mainstream news, no. That's the thing. That's what, that's what they're trying to achieve. They're trying to equate any kind of dissent with that kind of thing. So they're trying to make it sound as irrational and delusional as possible so that we lump together somebody who's hearing voices with somebody who, you know, questions uh, the World Trade Center evidence. They're trying, to, they're trying to put them in the same category. And this is one of the this is definitely one of the techniques, one of the techniques in these articles. And I do I do want to mention some of these before we run out of time, because um, it's kind of the whole basis. Um, and one of I mean, what they what they'll do is they'll take uh, theories for which there is strong evidence, um, like 9-11, and they'll lump them together with, they'll, they'll pick the kind of the, the, the craziest things they can find, and they'll associate 9-11 with those things. So they'll say something like, like I gave examples, you know, Elvis is still alive, you know, and Obama's from Mars. These are just kind of you know, they're not, and that's not even the Obama one's an exaggeration, but you know, not not that much from from the way the mainstream media paints it. But they'll they'll link that with 9/11. So the there it's a, sort of a guilt by association tactic that they do. Um, and there's one that's really important that I really want to make sure that I mention because it's really the most fundamental one I think. Um, and that is that I mean, of course, they're they're trying to paint us all as being irrational and, and, and that we have something in our character that makes us uh, unable or unwilling to sort of enter into discourse like a re like reasonable people. But the, the, the really interesting one, and this one appears so often uh, that I can only think that this was cooked up in some office in the CIA, in the CIA. Um, and that is that they explain people who believe in conspiracy theories um, I have to use quotes so often with the, that term. Um, they say that the reason people believe 
in these things is because the world is too random and too scary for them and they have to come up with some sort of rationale to explain things that happen in the world uh the world is too chaotic and too random and the funny the funny thing is i think that's backwards too i think that's actually the reverse of the truth the truth is that if you if you um i mean we could walk out our front door right now and get hit by lightning and be dead and that would really suck but i mean do you really do you really go around thinking be, being tormented by the fact that something random could happen to you i don't think so i would be much more t uh, tormented by the fact by by if i knew that there were actually things being done to harm people deliberately and there was an agenda to do it that would be much more upsetting i'd much rather believe in the random stuff if i if, I, if all i'm interested in doing is is making myself feel better um i'd rather think that it's all random so th they they actually have this backwards but you'll see this you'll see a reference to this just dozens and dozens and dozens of times um that, that we need to find some way to explain random events so that it all makes some sort of sense which i just think is a lot of mumbo jumbo and they've gotten some academics to you know write papers that where they say this and then they just keep quoting these people and well, they yeah. have these pseudo-psychological snake oil salesmen that sit yeah. there and try to psychoanalyze an entire segment of the population. First of all, myself, I was a lot happier when I thought it was just uh, the official story because, you know, what I said to myself was, yeah. is that, okay, that, that was their one. They'll never let that happen again, right? And, you know, I always, I mean, look, I've, you know, I'm not going to get too personal, but I've experienced things happening in my life to people around me and it's random and it's, it's sad. Um, but, you know, you move on and that's just kind of how life is. I never had an issue with uh, random things happening in the world. Um, you yeah. know, you hope it doesn't happen to you, but you, you move on. It was actually a lot more dark and a lot more unsettling, not just the fact that, you know, that this happened, you know, that the, there were explosives placed in the towers and all those people were killed. Um, but the what, what you're talking about in this article is that there seems to be a concerted effort to stifle anybody from talking about this for whatever motivation, whatever reason, that the, the good, smart, uh, well-meaning people out there who uh, have the evidence can't even get it out there to the general public. That is what's more disturbing. If it was just all random and the, yeah. the, the media was just worried about its advertisers, you know, I would uh, I would say, well, that's just the way of the world. But yeah. you know, the truth is a lot more disturbing. So that that soup that psychobabble from the snake oil salesman is just not true on its face. And we are out of time. But listen, folks, the name of the article, I've scattered all my papers now. It's a mess on here. But uh, it's called Hundreds of Articles Dismissing Conspiracy Theories Read Like They Follow a Single Script. It's right at the top of our news feed at this time at ae911truth.org. Craig, thank you for all the hard work that you are doing here and uh, for writing this article and for coming on 9-11 Freefall today. Glad to be here. Thanks a lot, Andy. And stay tuned for part two. All right, that's it, folks. Thanks for watching 9-11 Freefall. As always, let us know how we can improve the show. You can go to 911freefall.com or ae911truth.org, and you can contact us through uh, various ways on those sites. But for my part, this is Andy Steele saying I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.